to cut them short on their time, but open your Bibles today. If you have your Bibles to the book of 2 Peter again this morning, we have been dealing with 2 Peter chapter number 1 for a couple of weeks. Actually, this will be the third Sunday morning that we've dealt with this chapter. We've been talking about knowing the Lord and growing in the Lord, our knowing and our growing um, in this chapter, in these first 11 verses, the Lord gives us, or the Apostle Peter gives us a prescription to prevent backsliding in our lives. And if everybody will follow this prescription, amen, there'll be no danger of falling away, stumbling, or going the wrong direction. But, it's a, but, but, you know, there's seven things that Peter talks about here that we are to add to our faith. And so I want to read this morning from 2 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse number 3. All right, do you have it today? They're going to put it on the screen. 2 Peter 1 and 3, and it says this, As... His, God's divine power, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us, not are going to be, but they already have been given to us in Christ, exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Verse 10, Therefore, brethren, notice this, the importance of this, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if, if you do these things, you will never stumble or you will never fall. If you do these things. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Father, add your blessing, your anointing today to this message. Bless your word. Bless the preaching and the teaching of your word this morning. May our hearts be open and receptive to your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. 
and amen. This passage of Scripture, as I have said to you, is talking about here, Peter talks about, is talking about authentic Christianity, about being an authentic Christian. How many want to be authentic Christians? Amen. And he's talking to the believers here, those whom he is writing to, about the fact that we can be absolutely certain absolutely certain of our salvation, that we can be a no-so Christian, that we can be sure of our calling and election to make sure that we are where we need to be with the Lord. And he tells us here, Peter tells us that we can be totally secure in the fact that we will never stumble or fall or fail. Now, I've said this before, but I want to repeat it again, and that is that we do believe in, I do believe that the Bible does teach eternal security, but it's not an unconditional eternal security. We don't believe that there's a, anything in the Bible that tells us that a person can be eternally secure regardless of what they do or what they believe or how they live. That's just not found anywhere in the Scriptures. There are those that teach and, and say, and I could give you some quotes today, but I won't take the time to do that. But there are those that teach and say that after a person has once made a commitment to the Lord, that it doesn't matter what they do. They can live like the devil. One, one noted pastor in one of his books made the statement that after a person gets saved, even if they go out and live like the devil, they still cannot forfeit their place in heaven or forfeit their salvation. And that's dangerous teaching, ladies and gentlemen, because there isn't anything in the Word of God that says any such thing as that. And these scriptures these verses here that Peter teaches bears that out as well. And Peter tells us here in this passage what we are required to do and the diligence that we are to give to make that calling and election sure and to make sure that we remain faithful to God, that our faith remains in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to have a glorious entry into heaven. And that's what Peter's writing about here and that's what he's telling these believers and telling us today how we can have a glorious entry into heaven amen and so in verse 3 and verse 4 uh, he tells us there that everything that we need to live an abundant life to live the abundant life to live a an overcoming Christian life everything that we need to live like the Lord Jesus Christ has already been provided for us and already been given to us. Everything that you need to live the Christian life is in Christ Jesus. How many believes that? And Jesus Christ is in you. Paul made the statement in Galatians 2 and 20. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But he said, it's not I that live, but it's Christ living in me. So God's desire is for every believer to be free and to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are absolutely no exceptions. The call to spiritual maturity and spiritual growth is to each and every Christian, every believer, and spiritual growth and spiritual development and spiritual maturing is the responsibility of each and every one of us individually. When you're born again, when you give your life to the Lord, you're born as a newborn 
babe in Christ. Just like little Sadie, you know, she's got some growing to do. And in the spiritual realm, that's the way that we are when we're born again. We're born as a babe, and there has to be some maturing, and there has to be some growth. A, a child that doesn't grow is, is not natural. Growth is natural when there's life. Can I get an amen? So if you are alive in Christ, if you are alive in Him, there should be spiritual growth in your life. And the Lord has provided for us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. He said that He's given us great, exceedingly great and precious promises. He's made us a partaker of God's divine nature and put the very nature of the Lord Jesus Christ and His righteousness on the inside of us so that we've been given everything that we need to be overcomers and to live a victorious overcoming life in Christ. Amen. And he says in verse 5 that for this very reason, because we have been given all these things, to give us that overcoming victorious life, he says that we must give all diligence to add to our faith. So a believer is to give diligence to add some qualities, and he lists seven virtues and qualities that are, are attributes, whatever you want to call them. He's listed seven things here that are to be added to our faith. The faith that he's referring to is the saving faith, the faith that got us in to the kingdom of God. We are saved by grace through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But that's not the end of the story. So once you get saved, there are some things that Peter says must be added to our lives. And so it's up to you and it's up to me to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to develop these characteristics in our life. Let me be, let me, let me be quick to say this today, that these things that Peter mentions here, these seven qualities, are not something that you can just do on your own. These are qualities and these are attributes that are placed on the inside of you as the fruit of the Spirit that are, that are developed in your life and brought out in your life by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we are to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. That doesn't mean that you live the way you think is right and I live the way I think is right. What that means is Paul went on to say that it is God that works in you to will and to do according to His good pleasure. It's the Holy Spirit living in you. It's the Spirit of Christ living in you that gives you that ability to walk in Him and live in Christ and, and, and live the way that we are supposed to live. I know there's a lie that the devil has, you know, he told it to me for years years and years and probably many of you before you got saved that the devil ever say to you well there's no need in you getting saved because you can't live that life there's no need in you getting in church and getting saved because you can't live for the Lord he told me that a lot and you know what I finally found out he was right about that I can't live for the Lord but God doesn't leave me to my own ability or my own strength or my own power to live for him he comes himself and lives his life on the inside of you and me. Can I get an amen? He's 
given us His divine nature. And so we then must give all diligence to make our calling and election sure, to make, uh, to make sure that our life is growing and we're de developing in these attributes. We have got to co cooperate with the Holy Spirit. It's not something that the Holy Spirit is just going to do uh, automatically in your life. He, he requires that you and I give to Him, the Lord requires that we give to Him a willing mind and an obedient heart. We have to yield ourselves to the Lord. The Bible says that if we are willing and obedient, that then we will eat the good of the land. And here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, that as believers today, we must not be lackadaisical in, an, in, in our attempt to live for the Lord. But God tells us that we are to give an intense effort, that we are to give all diligence. That refers to our responsibility. That's what we are required to do, to give it our all, to do your very best, to give it everything you've got with a willing mind and an obedient heart, to have a desire to live for the Lord and for Him to produce these attributes and qualities in your life. And in any area of our life where these are lacking, guess what? We need to believe God and to be seeking the Lord to produce those qualities in us today. Come on, amen? Hallelujah. I see too many lackadaisical Christians today and uh, that are not really given an intense, diligent effort, a, resp a, a, a response to the Lord to live for Him. And so we must do that. We must give all diligence. We must do our best to make sure that we are growing in the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we talked about last week, we finished up of what he said about adding virtue. The very first thing that he said, uh, for us to add, he says, for this very reason, give all diligence to add to your faith virtue. That word means a couple of different things. But we talked about how it means moral excellence. It means an excellence of character. It means moral goodness and purity. And so what the apostle is telling us here, that the very first thing that needs to be uh, developed in the life of the believer when we get saved is our life needs to be a life of purity. Our life needs to be a life of, uh, of holiness, of cleanness before the Lord. Amen. There is no place in the life of a believer for, for this evil culture that's in the world today. We are called out of the world. We are called to be separate from the world. And God's Word lays down a standard of holiness for each and every one that gives their heart and life to Jesus Christ. Every born-again believer is to live a life of purity before for the Lord and of separation from the world. We are not to love the world. We are not to love the things that are in the world because the Bible says that the love, if we have a love for the world, then the love of the Father is not in us. So we can't have it both ways. We can't love this world system and the things that are in this world system and have the love of God at the same time. So the Lord is calling us to a moral excellence. He's calling us to produce in our life a life of holiness and a life of virtue. Come on, amen.
But this word virtue also carries the thought of spiritual courage, of having strength to stand before a, a, an ungodly world and to stand for what is right. That word virtue also has the meaning of manliness or valor and strength in the Lord. And we need that strength today, especially in the evil world in which we're living in. We need that strength from the Lord to be able to stand up and say, I'm not going to have a part of that. I've been called out of darkness and been called into his marvelous light and I'm going to stand for Jesus no matter which, which way everybody else goes. No matter what, what, the, what the trend, the, the, the popular trend in the world may be, I'm going to stand by the help and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to have uh, take a stand for him and for his work. Come on. We need God's looking for some Christians today that has that moral um, courage on the inside of them. That have that strength of the Lord. That are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might to stand against persecution. To stand against the ridicule. To stand, hallelujah, and dare to be different in a culture that's going totally against God. Can I get an amen here today? Praise God. That's virtue or moral excellence that we need to add to our faith. But the second thing is this. He said next in verse 5, that second portion of that fifth verse, he said to add to that virtue knowledge. Now these are not necessarily steps or rungs on a ladder that go in this particular order. I believe that these seven virtues and attributes should be something that we are developing in our life all at the same time. Amen. I don't think that you develop one and say, okay, I got that one down. Now let's move on to the next one. I think they all flow together. It's like the fruit of the Spirit, the love and the joy and the temperance and the, uh, you know, the faithfulness and the patience and, and the kindness and the gentleness and all of the fruit of the Spirit. It's not fruits plural of the Spirit. It is the fruit singular of the Spirit. And it's all developed together. Amen. Hallelujah. You may have, there may be some of those areas of your life that are developed more than others. And some that the Holy Spirit is still working on. But all of the fruit of the Spirit and all of these virtues here that Peter lists are to be developed in our life together. Amen. So he says to add to that virtue knowledge. We've talked about knowledge a couple of weeks ago about the word that, that Peter used, uh, the Greek word that Peter used referring to knowing the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal way. That was the word epinosis. And it was a word that to mean to know somebody or something personally in a, in a specific way. And so he used that word concerning our salvation experience that we need to know not just about Jesus, but we need to know Jesus personally. But here when he 
he's talking about adding knowledge to our life, he uses a different Greek word, which is the word gnosis. And it's just the word that means um, knowledge. It means doctrine and wisdom. And it refers to the ability to discern God's will. The, the ability to discern God's will and to orient our life in accordance with that will. Did you get that? This is the knowledge that he's talking about. It's the knowledge and the ability to discern and to know God's will. It's the knowledge of his will and it's orienting our life in the accordance with the will of God that's been made known to us. How many of y'all here today would say that you want to know what God's will is for your life? That you want God, you desire God's will in your life. I know I do. I, I, I seek the Lord uh, all the time for His will to be done in my life. I desire His will. I want His will. The safest place today on this earth to be is in the center of God's will for your life. So we need to know that will. We need to be, be able to discern that will. And so it is the wisdom, this knowledge that Peter talks about, is the wisdom that distinguishes the good from the bad and shows us the way to flee from that which is bad. See, God does not want His church to stumble in the ignorance of His will or the ignorance of His way, but God wants His church and His people to know His ways. There's an old saying, you've heard it, you've probably used it uh, in times past, but there's an old saying that says, well, what you don't know can't hurt you. Anybody ever used that before? Well, you know what you don't know can't hurt you, but you know what? That is not so. That saying is not true, and that's not what the Bible teaches. As a matter of fact, what you don't know can be very detrimental to your life when it comes to knowing the things of God and knowing the will of God. As a matter of fact, Hosea even said and prophesied, God spoke through Hosea in Hosea 4 and 6, and he said, My people are destroyed. For what? A lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. In Isaiah 5 and 13, the Lord said this, Therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. Do you, did you get that? See, ignorance, here's the importance of knowing the Word of God and the will of God because ignorance keeps people in bondage. Jesus made the statement and said, You shall know what? What? He said, You shall know know the truth and the truth shall make you free. You shall not just hear the truth, but you shall know the truth. It's actually knowing the, the truth of, the, of God and the Word of God. And there are so many believers today, ladies and gentlemen, people that are in the church that are devastated by sin, that are devastated by the powers of darkness, that are under the influence of, 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 of this world because they don't know what belongs to them in the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a lack of knowledge of the Word of God. And this is the importance. Herein is the importance of 
preaching, the importance of teaching, the importance of Sunday school, the importance of Wednesday night Bible studies, the importance of every time that we can come together and study the Word of God and learn about the things of God. There's knowledge being imputed to us. I read the scripture from uh, Jeremiah 3.15 on Wednesday night about God said that He would give you good pastors that would that would teach you knowledge and understanding. That's what God's good shepherds do and pastors do is expound the Word of God to you and teach you the things of the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, we'll never get to the place. We'll never get to the place in this life where we know it all. We'll never get to the place in our walk in this life where we know everything or where we've arrived. But as long as we're in this earth, as long as we're a part of the church, we are constantly, continuously learning more and more. Oh, I want to know more about my Jesus. I want to know more about my Lord. Hallelujah. I'm ready to know more about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. Can you say amen today? The only way we're going to acquire that knowledge is the knowledge he's given to us in this book. Come on, amen? Oh, that's the importance of God's Word. Amen. People are looking for words, you know, from the Lord for different places and all this, but He's given us His Word right here in this book. Listen to this prayer. Or you can turn with me or they can put it up on the screen. In Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. This is a prayer that the Apostle Paul prayed for the believers there at that church at Colossae. And here's what he said. He said to them, for this reason also, we also do not cease to pray for you. We do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be, listen, filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. This was the, a, a Spirit-inspired prayer that the Apostle Paul prays for this church at Colossae, for these believers, for these Christians. This is a prayer inspired by the Holy Spirit that you need to pray for yourself. I pray it for this church, but you need to get a hold of it and pray it for yourself that you would be filled with the knowledge of His will, that you will be filled with wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you would walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. How many want to fully please the Lord? Come on. Hallelujah. That you would be fruitful in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. That's my desire for this church that we be filled and increased in the knowledge of God and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That we would add to our, our walk with the Lord a greater knowledge of the Lord. See, there's so much, church, there's so much that God has given to us, that so much that He wants to do for us, so much that He has promised to us, those exceptions 
exceeding great and precious promises. But if we don't have a knowledge of those exceeding great and precious promises, that ignorance of the Lord and the ignorance of His Word will keep us from receiving what He's provided for us. I can see you're really excited about that. God has not left us in the dark. Amen? The entrance, he said, of your word gives light. Hallelujah. He's given us his book, his Bible. He's given us his word. And he's given to us the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, to teach us and to illuminate us and to give understanding to us to the word of of the word of God. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. See, it's ignorance that hinders us from possessing what God has provided for us. But God has given us everything we need to know right here. I know I hear people say, well, yeah, but Brother Rick, I don't understand the Bible. Well, get full of the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. And seek the Lord and ask the Lord to give you understanding. He, listen to me, saints. He's not given you a Bible that reveals His will. And then He's going to say to you, Now you can't understand this. So just read it anyway. No, He wants you to understand what you read. And He's given to you, and He's given to me the Holy Spirit to be our teacher, to give us understanding of the Word of God. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. He's hid these things. He, Jesus said, Father, you've hid these things from the wise and the prudent, from those who think they're somebody and something, but you've revealed them unto babes. He's revealed his will to us, his word to us. Thank God he's given us this book. This is his inspired word, the revelation of God. It's the will of God. It's the knowledge of God and he's given us the Holy Spirit to discern it and to teach it and to illuminate us to understand what he says Woo, hallelujah he's not keeping you and me in the dark concerning what he wants us to know about living for Jesus amen now it's going to take a little bit of effort on your part, my part, you may actually have to get your Bible and open it. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Huh? Get it, get it, get it over there off the shelf and dust the put the get the dust off of it. And open it up and actually read it. Well, I can't read good. See, we got we got no we got no excuses in, in 2023. There are, if you've got a, a smartphone, uh, amen, or if you don't have a smartphone, if you've got a CD player or whatever, you can get the Bible. Did you realize this? That there are apps that you can get where guys, people are reading the Bible. 
And you can put your headphones on. Oh, man, I do it all the time. I put my headphones on and turn on a Bible app and let them read to me. Sometimes I'll follow along, sometimes I don't. But just you're, you're listening to, you're hearing the Word of God. So if you can't read good, you can listen to it. What I'm talking about is adding to your faith the knowledge of God, getting some knowledge of the will of God in your life. He will give you direction from this book. People are always wanting, wanting to know, what does God want in my life? What does God want me to do? What does God have for me to do? Come on, somebody. Get on your, get on your knees. Get before the Lord in prayer. Open up your Bible. Begin to study and to meditate on the Word. I'm telling you, there's blessing upon blessing upon blessing. If you'll meditate in His Word day and night, He said you'll be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in His season. And you're leaf will not wither and whatever you do will prosper we need the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ that comes through his word come on somebody oh yeah go ahead and give the Lord a hand y'all got too quiet I have to get down here amongst you look at Proverbs chapter 2 I'm almost done for today really think we was going to get through seven of these today in one service, did you? In Proverbs chapter 2, he tells us how to obtain the knowledge of God. We went through this book of Proverbs and we studied it for, we was in it for over a year on Wednesday night, studying it verse by verse. And in Proverbs chapter 2, listen to what the Lord says. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding, if you cry out for discernment. You see what he's doing? He's saying, ask me. Call on me. Cry out for wisdom and understanding. Apply your ear to it. Cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If, see notice, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. So God's telling us right here, if we'll do what he said here, that we will understand the fear of the Lord. Amen. That we will find and you will find the knowledge of God. Look at verse 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. He gives it. The Lord gives wisdom. And from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He's freely given it to you, but you've got to do a little bit of digging. You've got to do a little bit of study and study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And if you'll get in this book and you'll meditate on it and you'll ask of the Lord to help you and you'll ask the Holy Spirit to teach you and you'll ask the Lord to direct you you will find and know the knowledge of the Lord he'll teach you how you're supposed to live amen and people come to me every once in a while hadn't in a while but people come to him pastor is this a sin and most of the time the reason they're asking that is because they're already convicted of it. Huh? 
is this right or is this wrong? Well, the, you know, get in the Word of God. People sometimes, you know, you know, send me a, a message through Messenger. You know, and now especially, you know. Well, pastor, is it, is it wrong to smoke pot? Yeah. Yeah, let me just say, yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's wrong. It impairs you. They've just opened up another Pandora's box, a can of worms. It's going to cause more problems. As if we needed more people running around on the highways. High. Buzzed. Boy, I could take a trip right here. Go down this road. But, but, but read your Bible. Pray. Seek the Lord. Let the Holy Ghost direct your life and live on the inside of you. Come on, somebody. And He'll let you know. He'll let you know what's right. He'll let you know what's wrong. He'll reveal to you through the Spirit and the Word of God, the wisdom and the knowledge of God and the understanding of how you should walk. He'll let you know what's right and wrong concerning moral excellence and purity and holiness that we as believers are supposed to be involved in. Hallelujah. So, the knowledge... The knowledge. Add to your faith. Knowledge. Add to your faith. Knowledge. Hallelujah. Two important things that will bring the knowledge of God into your life is prayer in the Bible. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's easy. Pray and read. Man, <laughs> Worship team, you can make your way back. Well, listen, when I was when I was young guy and got saved, gave my heart to the Lord, I had a desire for the Word. I wanted to read the Bible all the time, and so I thought, well, I'm gonna get up early every morning and read. I don't have a problem with that now because when you're old as I am, you get up early anyway. <laughs> But I'd set my alarm for 4.30 and uh, get up to read the Bible. And I can remember sitting there with my Thompson Chain Reference Bible and reading. And the next thing I know, I was waking up. And it'd be about 6.30. <laughs> Amen. And uh, just couldn't stay awake, fall asleep. There was things that I read as a young man and uh, things that I studied and I read that I didn't understand, that I didn't grasp. But you know what? I didn't throw it aside. I didn't just lay it aside and say, well, I can't understand that. I can't figure that out. No, I continued to read. I continued to read. I know sometimes, you know, we talk about reading through the Bible in a year, and people get over there in Leviticus. They do all right through Genesis, and they do all right through Exodus, maybe part of Exodus, till it gets on the tabernacle and all of the dimensions of the tabernacle and everything that God gave to Moses. But, you know, you know just read it anyway. Those 
those parts there in Leviticus and Numbers, man, that some of those parts in Numbers where they're numbering all the tribes. Anybody ever been there? Some of those those first nine chapters, brother Dave of of of, of Chronicles. That's just nine chapters of genealogies. That's when I put on. That's when I put on my earbuds and my reading Bible and let that guy read to me, and I put it on one and a half speed. Amen. <laughs> Come on. I can't pronounce any of those names anyway. But the thing is, just read through it. And, and, and read every day. Read every day. In the, and, and get in that New Testament. Read those Gospels and learn about the life of Jesus. If you want to know more about the Father, find out about the life of Jesus. Because He represented the Father on the earth. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you want to know about the Father, look at me. Come on. People say, well, is God this way? that way look in the gospels at Jesus and the way he was in the gospels full of love full of compassion full of forgiveness full of healing he's the same Jesus today read about Jesus read about Jesus Oh, get in those epistles and those letters that are to the churches from Romans and the book of Acts of course is the Acts of the Holy Ghost in that early church read that book and that Holy Ghost that did what he did in the book of Acts is still the same Holy Ghost that's working in the church today come on Read those epistles and those letters from Romans all the way through to the epistle of Jude because those are letters that are written to you as a church. They're love letters from God to you. And they tell us what Jesus has done for us and what we have in Him. Read them. And even Peter, listen to me now. Even Peter admitted in his writings that some of the things he said about Paul, some of the things Paul wrote were not easy to understand. You remember Peter saying that? Yeah. He said some of the things he wrote are hard to understand. But if you'll keep reading and you'll keep meditating and you'll memorize some verses and the verses that do speak to you and the verses that God does open up to you, Commit them to memory. Memorize them. Meditate on them. Amen. And get filled with the knowledge of God. Add to your faith knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Know more and more about Him. Let's stand this morning.